May is School Board Recognition Month in Iowa, and this year's theme is Leading Through Uncharted Waters. To learn how school boards across Iowa accomplish this, we're now talking with Sandy Dockendorf, Board President at Danville Community Schools. Thank you for joining us, Sandy. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome. Here's my first question. When it came to creating and and implementing COVID policies in the last year during the pandemic, how did you balance your own personal views, the views of the community and your staff, and any differences that came up among the board members themselves? Well, I'd like to tell you that it was a nice, smooth process and everything happened just the way everybody thought it ought to be, but um, that would be a lie. And I try not to do that. I'm a nurse, so I came into the discussion with a strong argument for safety over any other consideration, and it really did take a lot of input from administration to help me to understand that they had just as strong an argument for in-person education, that the pandemic was making every inequity worse, and we needed to get the kids in the classroom. So I kind of switched my argument to, okay, if we return to in-person, what are we prepared to do to keep everyone safe? And so it was just sort of a, a bit of a twerk from my, or a tweak from my point of view to the understanding that we do have a role, that our major role is educating kids. And they did a bit of an adjustment to understand the concept of universal precautions. So they came up with just tremendously awesome ideas for how to keep kids and staff safe. And in the end, we just kept asking every time we get to a a stalemate in a conversation, we just kept asking what is best for students and what is best for our employees. And in the end, I think the one thing that helped us get through it all was that we kept saying we have to give parents a choice. And so no matter what we were going to offer, what we thought was best for all students, parents were the only ones who knew what their family situation was and all the different variables that they were dealing with. Right, Right. So I would say, It wasn't the easy process. And, you know, frankly, we were getting really uncertain information and it was changing fairly quickly and it was murky at best. But we did, I think, what was best for our students and staff in the long run. So I'm really curious about this. What is one thing that you discovered during the course of dealing with the pandemic that the board maybe wasn't as focused on beforehand? that you realize the board really needs to be focused on going forward that might not even be related to the pandemic, but just how the board functions in general or what their focus is? Well, you know, this is an interesting conversation, an interesting question. We had made a commitment as a board before the pandemic hit that we wanted to transition to competency-based instruction based on input from the administration, and quite frankly, some of the uh, sessions that ISC has held during the convention, we had made that commitment. However, we weren't on a time track to get it done. It was just a good thing that we knew that we wanted to do. We made it a value and a goal. But now it's a huge priority. The pandemic, like I said earlier, made every inequity worse. And it made it very difficult for students, parents, and teachers to get a handle on where everyone is in their grasp of various building blocks of education. So if we come from the point of view that the common core is, a, is the, a set of most basic needs of knowledge our students need before they leave our building, and that is based on um, a timeline of instruction, you know, you, you learned this at this point of the fifth grade, and we've lost the fifth grade for a number of students, 
then how do we get everybody back on track? And I keep asking that question and, and people come back and say, oh, you shouldn't teach to a test. It's not a matter of teaching a test. For us, it's a matter of making sure that every student has the framework they need to be successful. And I, I can't perceive how education as a whole, not just Iowa or just not my buildings, but the, the nation is going to deal with this question of how we get everybody back on track. What's your timeline for that now? Well, and it, it, it's funny that you asked that. We just had interviews for TLC, leadership positions that were available, and that became one of the questions of how quickly and, and what do we need to do to get this to happen? And so that's how committed we are to getting it done. And uh-huh. and I think that, you know, it, it's a, a phase-in type of thing. You know, there's a lot of, of preparation that needs to be done, and different teachers in our building were at different places on that process, but we are definitely looking at a, at a uh, one to two year till we're fully implemented in that uh-huh. framework of, of instruction and testing. Right. My next question may may tie into that a little bit. What was one thing that either your teachers did or your administrators did, or even you as the board instructed the district to do focused on student learning since that's so much a priority for the board that actually may have resulted in in a better learning outcome for the students, given the circumstances of the pandemic. I would tell you that I couldn't be more proud of our staff. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about teachers or bus drivers or maintenance staff. Everybody really came together through this pandemic and stepped up. And the focus has been on meeting the needs of kids. And, you know, that was always a priority for the board. And it was always a question that we would come back to whenever there's discord was what's in the best interest of our students. But our staff really, really stepped up and made it their role or their focus was on meeting the needs, instructional needs of students wherever they were at. So whether the students were in the classroom or whether they were at home on a Zoom screen or a Google Classroom screen or whatever was working for that particular student, our teachers stepped up and did that. And I just think that's amazing that they were able to to get that done. And then they were the innovation, the ability to figure out ways of meeting those needs, the, the, the staff meeting together, the principals meeting with teachers, the building just really went to work on, on doing what was best for kids. And I'm, I'm really proud of the results. Now that we're entering an election year for school board members, I have a, a two-part question here. First of all, what's one piece of advice you would give to someone who might be considering running for the school board this year? I would say come into it with a focus on doing what's best for all kids and not from the point of view of settling a score or so many board members get recruited to run by folks who feel like they lost in a decision-making process somewhere along the line, whether it was with a coach, a teacher, or administrator, something they have a concern with. Maybe it's the budget or the tax rate or whatever, but a, a lot of board members come into it from the, from the standpoint of fixing something. And I would say that it takes them then a while to understand what their role really is, because we're not fixers so much as we are visionaries. They're trying to envision how we get to meeting the needs of every student so that they can learn. That's really interesting that you say that, because the board member I spoke to earlier today had the exact same answer to that question. So I think that's going to be a really important lesson for candidates to remember going into this election. So then my second part of that question is, once you had been elected, what was one thing nobody told you 
or nobody gave you any guidance on as you started your first term as a board member that you wish someone had told you up front that you might have had to learn by trial and error, that if you just had been explained to you, life would have been so much easier? I think it's probably a life lesson that a lot of people should learn, but maybe not after they've been elected to the board, but they're going to learn it there one way or the other. No difficult decision is right or wrong, and no answer is perfect in any of those difficult decision-making processes. However, if your policies are in line with your school culture and legally sound, sticking to the policies is the best policy. The hardest thing new board members have to learn is they are not arbiters of right and wrong. They set vision and policy. And it should be really, really rare for a board to be pulled into discord between any two individuals. They need to learn to listen with an open mind and with understanding that they cannot act. They can ask questions to clarify a situation, but the board is not an out or a way to resolve a decision that's already been made in a different direction. So I I just say they're not a super administrative team that sits on top of the administrative team and chooses whether the, the team made the right decision or wrong decision. So long as the administrative team is adhering to the policies approved by the board, everybody should be very clear on what the standings are. And as long as we continue to say that story over and over again and reinforce the chain of command, it becomes much less difficult to be a board member. Board members get into trouble when they try to solve individuals' problems. Mm -hmm. as opposed to looking at the institution as a whole. Maybe going back to the question about your staff and ways they innovated, I'm curious, as the board president, what decision, what policy, what vote, what moment stands out to you in the last year as a board member that you're most proud of? When we stood our ground for the mask mandate and the decision to let parents choose whether their children came into the building or got their instruction remotely. It pushed our building forward towards the understanding that meeting students' needs is really the goal of of what's going on in the building. And while I support our staff and teachers 100%, we all need to be on board with meeting those needs of the of our students. And and so I'd say I'm I'm proud of that. It wasn't an easy decision. It wasn't a uni- a universally appreciated decision. Either one of them. But in the long run, I think it was the right thing to do for the most number of people. Mm -hmm. But like I said, very few decisions, difficult decisions, have a uh, totally right or wrong answer. If if they did, they wouldn't be difficult decisions. I would say that sticking with the the mask mandate and the decision to let parents choose was the thing that I'm most proud of in the last year. So one last question I want to ask is, what did you learn in the last year as a school board member? during this pandemic about yourself that then you're going to take on with you after you decide to move off from the school board? What did the school board teach you about yourself in the last year? I, (laughs) this is my 12th year. So uh, a lot of the lessons that I have learned, I learned between years one and two and 10 and 11. (laughs) Uh (laughs) So I would say in the last year, patience and the ability to just sit quietly and let the emotions flow. Sometimes we tend to want to react quickly to whatever's going on in our environment. And we have this sense that that first reaction must be the right reaction. And I think that this past year, the past 18 months has really taught me to pause before responding to virtually anything and to really listen to not just the words, of what people are saying, but where they're coming from in an argument. I understand the points of view from the people who disagree with me now more than I ever have. It doesn't mean it's going to change my point of view, 
but it definitely does help me to come up with a better answer when I'm not just hearing an echo chamber of what I agree with, but taking into consideration and trying to make a decision that takes those other points of view into consideration, maybe adjusting the decision in some way that verifies the truth that they're coming with from the other side. And, and two, most of the things that come to me once, you know, as, as, a, as a board president or as a member of the board are usually not one side or the other. There's multiple points of view embedded into that. And if I can pull both of the either ors into the third point of view, into a third point of view, I can sometimes diffuse the situation but that does take listening. And, and so I'd say virtually everybody that I know of in education in the last 18 months has learned a lot of patience. I think that's really interesting, you know, that school boards are kind of a perfect petri dish for people with differing viewpoints to come to an understanding because it's a small group of people with an ongoing relationship that probably do have different viewpoints, but are, can learn to adapt and listen without sort of the noise of the outside world. They can learn from each other in, in a way that almost mimics the work they're doing for students is, you know, the ways they help each other learn. Exactly. Well, thank you, Sandy, so much for agreeing to do this today. We really appreciate it. As part of School Board Recognition Month, we want to acknowledge what you do and learn from what you guys have done in this last year. And so I really thank you for joining us today. Thank you for the opportunity. It has been uh, an interesting reflection over the last couple of years, and I appreciate the opportunity. 